Record. Recording. Do you want to do it yeah. this time? Hello, I'm Meg John Barker. I'm Justin Hancock. Why was that funny? <laughs> I was just saying my name, honestly. No, 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 it's the, bit, it's the way you said, it's the way you said hello. <laughs> For some reason. Really, I was just mixing it up. That really tickled me. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> anyway. anyway, I am Meg John Barker, and this is just... Justin Hancock, who's losing it. And, 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 um, and this is the Meg John and Justin podcast. It is, yay! <laughs> yay! <laughs> Start Ooh, as we okay. need to go on. Oh yeah, we love these. Um, we love these. It's a cold open, I think. Is that I, what it's called? Yeah, I have no awesome. idea. <laughs> so, welcome back, dear uh, gentle, smooth, textured, fragrant listener. Self-loving ear, ear self-loving ear pals. We're about to yeah. hit you with our top tips for self-love. Um, to follow on from the podcast <laughs> we did a couple of weeks ago, which was all about the why is self-love important, why people don't do it, mm-hmm. why, why it's, it's difficult. difficult. Yeah. Um, so if you want to get the background and you haven't listened to that one yet, then feel free to go have a listen. But this one is a standalone. So if you just want to get into yep. like, how do we do it? Um, that's what we're going to be talking about this time. Uh, drawing on yep. our own experiences, particularly, I've got a load of things I'm really keen to share because um, I've just been yeah. living alone for the first time. So it's given me a kind of real focus to thinking how do I build self-love into my life um so yeah I'm really interested to hear how you do it Justin and also talk about how I do it and then also share kind of other ideas that would work for people because different things work for different people yeah. yeah well I guess coming to that sense of like um I guess we can start with like a bit of a chat about home mm. and how and you know what being at home feels like and obviously um, this isn't relevant to everybody because other people do live with other people yeah. uh, and people can have it in lots of different kinds of ways but um, we just happen to be people who live by ourselves mm. now um, and um, so I guess that's one of the things that I was thinking about feeling um, a sense of guilt at paying so much money in order that I can live by myself yeah. um, in London and actually when I started seeing that as like a, an act of um, self-love or the Greek term phalausia, which we've often oh, talked yeah, about on previous podcasts, yeah. um, then it started to kind of make a bit more sense. You know, it means that, you know, some people spend their income on some things and some people spend their income on others and I, you know, other things. And I don't, you know, uh, I, I have made a choice to spend a bit extra money on where I live because it meant that it was better for me in my mental health. Um, it's a place that I really enjoy living. I love being able to get some work done <laughs> because I'm <laughs> freelance, we're both freelance now. Um, and so, you know, that for me really kind of shifted a lot of um, shame, yeah. internalized class shame for me because I'm from a working class background and you're really not meant to spend or have any money or spend any money certainly on yourself mm. uh, and it really kind of shifted that a little bit you know if I see this relationship with myself as being one of my really important relationships then um, this is a way that it's okay for me to treat myself yeah. So um, yeah. I think thinking about your space is a really nice kind of one in mm. terms of self-love to start with um, and yeah. yeah like again something I've really appreciated is having a small space of my own where that I can really make the whole space like 
have all my stuff you know I think it's this the feeling of having all the stuff around and also finding a space that feels really light and spacious um you know a space where it's easy easy to do um you know yoga and things where it's also mm. I'm kind of drawn outside because there's so much light and this great view that encourages me down to the sea but yeah if you don't I mean you know most of the time I haven't lived alone and I'm thinking of other times in my life where I made a decision you know it was okay to spend a little bit more money in cafes in order to mm. you know that was a self-loving yep. practice of like actually sitting and trying to work in a house with other people or where it isn't much of my stuff wasn't working for me but actually being able mm-hmm. to go out to a cafe felt really self-loving so I was kind of you know allowing for that extra coffees and hot chocolates kind of budget um or i've heard people talking about if they've got a shared house where they don't have their own room can there be a curtained off bit can there be just even a little space yeah. that's sort of theirs or like to go and meditate or read or you know other other ways of creating a corner in house or garden potentially mm. you know or or is there a public space i mean i, I always have my spot i hadn't thought of that but like everywhere i live mm. i have my spot which is where i go and have my coffee in the morning outside of the house um yeah. and you know i i guess a really self-loving thing for me is finding the optimal spot that feels like it's got the nice it's the nicest place to go and sit with my coffee in the morning um that's mm. outside that i can do in all weathers um yeah that has a nice view and that kind of thing so i guess i guess there's like there's a thing there about yeah thinking about our immediate surroundings yeah. um but also our kind of broader surroundings as well like you know where we live those of us who are uh who have enough privilege to have any any kind of idea about where we might live and have the choices a lot of people don't have a great deal of choices to mm. uh, where they where they might live um sadly in this fucked up economy yeah. uh in the one of the richest countries in the world we don't have enough abundance where people can choose where they might want to yeah. live well we, where we uh, could literally anyway. give everyone a living wage and it would be fine and we're not doing that but yeah um the so but um but where people might have those choices that it might be you know uh, even thinking about the kind of decisions that we've made around um whereabouts we might want to live is it do we want to live in the middle of a city or in a small city or mm. in the suburbs or in a village or in the countryside or by the sea or in the, you know like the there are lots of different or, different in different part i know a lot of people who kind of move around different parts of of europe as well or people who go traveling as mm. well so just thinking about your surroundings is a way of relating to how we relate to ourselves right like literally where do we situate ourselves yeah. as a way of thinking about our relationship to ourselves yes. and how that can be a loving thing to do for ourselves yeah i agree and i think you know it, it in the situations where it's very constrained there might still be options like is there some kind of space at least some of the time within the living areas that could be that could be demarcated as yours in some way and or is there some kind of space outside the house not too Mm -hmm. distant that feels like a good space to go and be um you know is it is it a park is it library is it you know there are there are you know freer spaces as well as ones where you have to pay a little bit so just thinking yeah. in those kind of terms I mean, is helpful. Well, again, I've talked about this on a previous. Sorry, we're getting a bit. We'll come back on a, from this tangent. But on a previous podcast, I was talking about this other podcast that I like called Politics Theory Other, which had as a guest on Dawn Foster, who was talking about Christianity and uh, politics. 
and she was making the point that a lot of the churches that she works with in her area are offering like free or very very low cost spaces for people to yeah. go to because that we have we just don't we are the prioritization of public space is constantly happening so libraries and parks and just general public spaces are being eroded so um it's uh Sorry, it's a dear gentle listener to, to talk about this, but it's, you know, it's no, important. No, but this is where, stuff, I think this is where what we talked about last time about how self-loving can also increase or expand our capacity for loving others. It kind of relates to the world around us as well. I was listening mm. to another, it was a really good bit on BBC Sussex recently where they interviewed um, Alice Johnson and Sophie Cook about trans pride. So these are two trans activists. And what, what, mm. what amused me is that Sophie actually ended up talking more about this topic in a way by the end. Um, and she was talking about going to the beach um and but that being the sea just being a really important thing for her mental health and how she now goes for like i think even two hours a day picking up litter on the beach because just right. you know wanting to almost like say thank you back to the sea that has really looked after mm. her and so actually yeah engaging in these ways in a self-loving way in these kind of spaces can also engage us yeah. with the spaces in ways in which we end up doing kind of maybe forms of activism that we would never have jumped off before so it's it is kind of all linked together i think well ultimately that's what doing um, activism is about it's about increasing people's opportunity to experience love for themselves Mm -hmm. and that's uh, i know we're kind of carrying on from last week's episode here by talking about culture and capitalism but it's i think it's just a thing to to reassert i suppose is that um is that that's to be able to have the freedom to relate to ourselves in a loving way is something that is um that freedom is not fairly distributed Uh, so um, and we talked about that last week but um, uh, it just makes me exactly in, in, in terms, exactly in terms of time how much time people have in terms of how much money people yeah. have in terms of whether their work is going to be a self-loving kind of work or whether it's going to be something they just have to do that's kind of unpleasant yeah. um, all of that stuff so yeah we want to be working towards a situation where it's maximized and you know again saying that you know that's the reason why people can end up not doing self-love because they feel like they don't deserve it or they're too lucky or you know whatever and, I, yeah. and that's kind of not the point it's like if you if you do it you're probably more likely to get turned outwards in the ways that mean that you're going to be better for other people as well um but obviously yeah. keeping keeping that in mind is great um, yeah. So I thought one way into this as well might be thinking about some of the things that we talk about in terms of loving other people and seeing whether they apply mm. to loving ourselves. So this idea, mm, yeah, yeah. Um, Gary Chapman, I think it was, who came up with these love language idea, the idea we have mm-hmm. different languages for love and um, different people prefer different ones. So he kind of suggests, mm. you know, like which one, writing down, like which ones do you like giving and which ones do you like receiving? And then sharing that yeah. with people in your life to make sure that you're not like constantly giving people presents who actually don't really like presents and would much rather you put the put the yeah. around or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he suggests there's quality time, gifts, words, service, which is doing things like the, the domestic chores or cooking a meal mm-hmm. and touch but there's obviously a lot more than those. Those are just like the five initial yeah. ones that he came up with, I think. Well, I suppose that's the thing, isn't it, uh, dear listener, is to consider which of those, that you have choices about how you communicate with yourself in loving ways. Mm-hmm. And to, I mean, we'll come on to like the idea that we have like plural cells in a second, but, the, but to even to think about what, 
what kinds of communication are helpful here? Like, look, what what is it that I am grateful for when I do this for mm-hmm. me? Um, just kind of thinking about that in quite a just in quite a small way can really start to kind of help us to be curious about: um, Am I doing things for myself that I feel like I should be doing, rather than doing things for myself that I feel like I might want yeah. to do or might find valuable so, or might find so what would you know like thinking about what would your self-love languages be like are you somebody who would be really loving to give yourself some time or some space every day every week yeah. you know or mm-hmm. you know occasional retreats or holidays or whatever are you somebody who mm-hmm. is more about gifts it's it's buying yourself a treat or making something for yourself that feels particularly loving is it more words is it some you know that it feels loving to write or, or to say or think to yourself about things that you're grateful for, things that you appreciate or that kind of loving. Yeah. Is it service? You know, does it feel good to keep your space clean or do you think mm-hmm. do things for yourself? Um, we'll get on to cooking. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favourites, baking, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and and or is it touch, you know, is it sort of solo sex, which we'll also talk about or bodily pleasure, like the kind of classic mm-hmm. bubble bath, that sort of stuff um taking yourself for a massage that's that kind of thing i mean the words thing might not even be when people talk about words and self-love people we might assume like we talked about in the last episode that it's some kind of like affirmation that we do in a mirror and we look into our eyes and we'll say i'm not not to diss people who do that like there might be some people that really works for which is great like yeah go for it it just it's just quite a difficult one for some people yeah yeah Mm. but it could be like leaving little notes to yourself or around the house on a post-it note or um, doing a journal is uh, often can feel like a self-loving thing yeah. so um, one of the things that when I whenever I write uh, just for myself to to help myself I feel like making that time is an act of um, love mm. but also whilst I'm doing that um, you know if I'm writing down the things that I'm kind of moaning about all the things that are troubling me I also try to try to kind of gently remind myself of some of the things that I've done that have brought me joy recently mm. and just to note those things down of to remind myself to sometimes um, to be able to remind myself that I have experienced some joy and how that felt and to remember some of the feelings there yeah. so I guess that kind of romancing ourselves and having a romantic kind of relationship with ourselves can work in that way if we think back to our we talked about this in our joy episode yeah we did a joy episode episode. I was thinking that it's like we we talk a lot about staying with difficult feelings both with others and in ourselves and we in the joy episode we talked about how it's important to stay with joy and that could play out here too we might only think to meditate or journal or do self-caring stuff when we're feeling bad and that doesn't Mm. that doesn't necessarily give us the best message you know it's like Mm. it it would be better I think if it was more of a regular practice that we do regardless of how we're feeling yeah um certainly that's what meditating people say is like that the value of it is in kind of doing it every day and noticing what it's like to be with yeah. the feelings whatever they are what just a bit like we have to be with the weather whatever it is um yeah, yeah and sort of definitely kind of noticing the joy and the happiness as well as the sadness and the fear and the anger is is mm. a good call i think yeah big time mm. um so should we talk about some more specific ideas of different love languages yeah or we, we give yeah, the, yeah so i like those kind of uh, the, the idea of things that are nourishing and nurturing like that's something mm. i've been thinking about and so yeah for me cooking is a really nice one um mm. so i'm like cooking myself 
um, you know, just really, really nice meals of the kind that I would cook for somebody else. And I enjoy cooking for other people as well. And mm. like what I'll do is like cook one night and then I've got that meal for, say, three nights. So there's also that sense of nourishing future me. It's quite nice to think about, mm. you know, looking after past versions of yourself and future versions of yourself. And cooking is a good way to do that, too. But, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy the yeah. whole process of putting all the flavors, you know, shopping for the flavors, putting them all together and then kind of presenting myself with it as a kind of you know i'm nourishing my body and giving myself something delicious that just feels great yeah Mm -hmm. i mean cooking is often cheaper to do for two than it is for one so yeah if we cook for our present self and our future self then past self is giving us a delicious present i've got a past self of a uh of um, aubergine parmigiana to eat from nice well, my past past self made me a veggie thai curry which is mighty fine and sitting in my fridge at the yeah. moment so um, and, and yeah and it can become like the it can be blurred where the kind of self love and other love comes in I mean I, I know it's like cheesy to put food pictures on Instagram or whatever but I'm really getting into that now that I'm doing this because it just feels really nice to share mm. like this is my cooking and some people are actually enjoying reading the recipes and things so it can become an outwardly focused thing as well as and inwardly focused and I know people who are dead into like knitting or sewing have a similar relationship to it you know yeah. it's like they're making themselves some clothes and sometimes there's an element of then sharing that with others and, and sort of being proud of what they've done yeah, yeah. cats mostly cats isn't it mostly cats cat cats <laughs> Just there are mostly cats on Instagram. Mostly, yes, Instagram. well, I'm now, I'm now boring Instagram with pictures of local scenery and food rather, rather no, than nice. cats. <laughs> so, yeah. No, it's nice. <laughs> um, and so there are small ways of bringing these kind of love languages in as well, aren't there? Like, you know, um, walking an extra few hundred metres t- to the nice coffee place mm-hmm. uh, or spending, you know, an extra 20p here on there and on, on the thing because you really want to have this particular i don't know sandwich or something yeah yeah know, definitely i remember one or... client of mine when i back when i was doing therapy like like it was just such a pivotal turning point to decide to pick the sandwich mm. that he fancied rather than the one that he would normally get which was like either good for him or the cheapest and it was like you say a 20p difference but it, it was like radical it felt really radical when he did mm. it so these small changes can be huge and for me I'm going on a much lower budget now so it's so it's not about like what can I throw a bit of extra money at so rather than that I'm thinking well how can I you know maybe I used to go to a cafe and buy a croissant and a coffee in the morning and that was my way of mm-hmm. doing self-love well now I'm making my own a mug of coffee and taking yeah. it down to the beach um, with a biscotti because um, mm. I like to start my day with almonds and chocolate chip if possible <laughs> I mean that sounds great yeah. Uh, although yeah but uh, I was going to question the choice of biscotti but we've talked about that before <laughs> right. uh, you're not much of a breakfaster are you so it's it's uh, yeah I would need a bigger breakfast for myself but anyway <laughs> moving on from food um I guess a bigger expenditure here that I think that we've not talked about yet in our notes is to do something like, um, essentially, is to do something like going for therapy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is like really like shifted us a bit. But, you know, like often often one of the barriers, well, I think we'll, this is another episode. I'm sure we should put this on the list about, you know, when is the right time to decide to go yes, to therapy. Yes, I will put that on the list. Should yeah. we go for therapy? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is like uh, therapy, sadly, is often it's very hard to find for free on the NHS or um, it's often quite difficult to find low cost therapy. So there is like an element of expenditure. If you're um, lucky, you might find some uh, people offering therapies that are on a sliding scale, depending on your income. However, it's still that thing of 
spending this amount of time talking about me mm -hmm. um, and spending this amount of money and able to spend this time talking about me mm -hmm. is often very, very difficult for people. Yeah. Uh, I think um, people often are more, perhaps more inclined to do if, like couples therapy uh, than they are to do like that's really interesting sometimes. point yeah i think so and so again thinking about what ways might you carve out a space to do reflection whether that be mm. or you know get and get support whether that be therapy or there are you know support groups can often be cheaper or free um there mm. are lots of those yeah, available yeah. um you know going to workshops going to mm -hmm. meditation that you know again mm -hmm. there's quite a lot of that goes on now um um, yeah. or peer-to-peer -peer stuff you know you can arrange with yeah. a friend like to do there are kind of forms of peer counseling there's a book called time to think by nancy klein which is quite nice sets out a whole thing you could mm -hmm. follow in terms of giving each other space you know you you and a mate yeah. um so there's definitely alternatives um if you're not able to do yeah. therapy but there's something about putting that time aside regularly for yourself mm. um which yeah. is great i think um well, I guess it's also the, uh, you know, when people ask us how we are and we say, oh, I'm fine, uh, you know, like the kind of the natural thing mm. is to not talk about ourselves and not reflect on how things are going on for us. But um, as you were saying, to actually to build time in our communications with with people to say, look, I'm here for doing, I guess we're talking about friendships and relationships here, but it's a way of within our relationships with other people and the time we spend with other people making time for us and making sure that we can ask other people to help us to think about ourselves yeah. is an act of self well I think that's right, right. it's that not like sense. this thing in isolation again that would be kind of quite an individualistic way of looking at it that mm. you know we do tend to think about solo practices and I think those are worth thinking about but we also need the systems and structures to support them in our lives so that is yeah. about thinking you know can we have a culture of people you know where like yeah we do do our writing maybe alongside somebody else a, a friend in a cafe or we do mm. um you know uh, get everybody in our house involved in kind of figuring out how we're going to do cooking in a really nourishing kind way or um also just thinking about the rhythms and the rituals of your life you know to make those as self-loving as possible what rituals do you have around getting yeah. up in the morning that make that a pleasant experience or going to bed at night that make it particularly cozy and self-loving um what ones what ones do you fall the, into that don't really feel very self-loving and could you shift them into something that was a bit more so i think that's the thing mm. isn't it and i think this is one of the things that were, were that one of our key bits of advice here is that in order to experience to do loving things for ourselves there is an element of like having to carve this out of an already yeah. packed life because if the messages are that we're meant to be there for other people and that we're not really supposed to be selfish mm. and that we're meant to be all about others all of the time whether it's work or family or friends or whatever whatever other or kids or whatever other thing we have on it's about being able to give ourselves the freedom to do more of this stuff yeah in and of itself rather than via all of those other things yeah exactly and that's the thing and also like if we're doing it with those other people and we're kind of consciously between us making these kind of cultures that support yeah. it then we're also doing good modeling you know to invite them in to have those conversations like it's certainly a conversation i'm having with my sisters a lot at the moment of like how we can mm. support each other to do this kind of stuff you know and that might just be sharing they live at a big distance so it might be just sharing like moments of our day where we've done it or talking regularly yeah. about it 
Um, so yeah, and again, if you're living with people in a shared house or family, then you know, can it be about putting in those times when you talk about this stuff and also like doing it in parallel and having mm. you know having joint rituals around you know again getting up bedtime that kind of thing. So so you're not trying to carve an extra thing out. You're not trying to do another thing on top yeah. of everything else, but you're doing the yeah. things you do you're in a more space. self-loving way. Yeah. And and I think it'd be about playing with it for a long time as well. Like it's not like this. You know, you may not hit on what works for you right away. It might be about playing with a few options and seeing what works, because and it'd be different different things for different people, obviously. So it's about how do we support this person, you know, for whom actually mm. it's more about being with other people, and this person who it's more about solo time, for example. There's an interesting thing here if we think about this: our relationship with ourselves versus our relationship with others, and think about the power differences going on there, and look at this for through a consent perspective. Mm. So. Um, it's easier for us if it's easier for us to do things for others or ask other other people um, if it's easier for us to please someone else or to do something for another person rather than doing it for ourselves then can we ask other people what we can do to help them do something for themselves can we do the asking what we can do to help them to find this time for Mm -hmm. them so I was just thinking for example um, how uh, parents of uh, young kids find it difficult to ask their friends if they were babysit but if their friends are saying how would you feel about me coming to babysit I'm up for doing that sometime and then you could have you know a bit of alone time that because it's harder for us to ask other people to give them things to help Mm -hmm. us we could make it easier by doing the asking yeah yeah trying to trying to enable people trying to yeah like give people what you're kind of trying to expand other people's possibilities by enabling them to ask for that kind of stuff yeah yeah and also like questioning like the who's giving and who's getting in those scenarios i mean like as somebody you know personally i'm somebody without kids who really likes kids so it wouldn't necessarily be like i'm giving this amazing gift to babysit it would actually be i'm getting something which is to spend time with the kid which i really enjoy you know so again like maybe trying not to sort of just assume that some things are hard for somebody or easy for somebody but have that consensual conversation between you about how you might mutually support each other to do self-love yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um so should we move on to um, yes, plural selves, yes, please. MJ? Something that you love talking about, and I love to hear you talking yeah. about it. So, um, so you've written this. Uh, we talked about this really great zine that you've written. You've written a couple of these about um, plural selves. Do you want to give us a very quick reminder about yeah. your thoughts around that? Well, the that, zine, the um, zine's before? available on rewritingtherules.com. That's mm-hmm. rewriting hyphen the hyphen rules.com because <laughs> I did it when people were hyphenating or something um anyway yeah all my zines are available there but the plural selves one is my more recent one that i really enjoyed doing it's like this idea that we can um all experience ourselves as multiple sides to ourselves Mm -hmm. um and it's quite a common idea like people talk about having an inner child or having an inner critic or you know connecting with the more compassionate side of yourself um Mm. so you know like on an everyday level you could see it like that um but following the kind of writing in this area for me I've just really kind of managed to have this sense of like having these multiple sides to me which I can really feel like when one of them's to the fore or another one um and a lot of different therapists have this idea that maybe we have parent adult child sides to ourselves for example is another one Mm -hmm. another way of seeing it so if you can cultivate this idea um then what I find really helpful about it is that um you can then you know love the different sides of you 
and I mm. find that an easier task than like loving the composite me from myself. Um, mm. I suppose maybe it makes it a bit more like loving another person than it does than mm. lo- loving yourself if you kind of separate them off and think about so for example think about the compassionate side of you loving mm-hmm. the vulnerable side of you or thinking mm-hmm. about um uh like a child part of you loving an adult part of you or um something like that um so yeah like i've been really uh, I, I hopefully do some more blogs and zines on this topic because again i've been really thinking about what kind of self-love practices to put in from a plural selves perspective mm. and one that i did recently was um for my birthday so as a as an adult i don't get loads of pres- you know you get to a point where like not many people are buying or giving people gifts obviously justin gave me a gift <laughs> which was a homemade gift which was really nice um but yeah i was kind of like facing this birthday and thinking you know i'm gonna i might feel quite sad because i might not get many presents um and i thought well what what about if i do gifts for myself and then i thought well what about gifts to my different selves and then i thought secret santa would be really fun so the different sides of myself (laughs) pulled names of the other sides of myself out of a hat so it was all like them getting a present for the other side of myself and because i just moved into this new flat i kind of needed some stuff anyway so again from a financial point of view it wasn't like adding too much although i got the odd little fun thing to go with um but yeah i I bought them all and i wrapped them all up and um i did little note cards um to myself from my other selves and wrote wrote funny things in them and you know i worried that like on the morning it was going to feel a bit like you know again all the things we talked about last time the sort of stigmatizing shaming like does that make you a bit of a loser does it make you weird Mm. and actually it just felt really really lovely um yeah i kind of journaled while i was doing it so kind of that's another thing that i do which i guess is self-loving is to journal from the different parts of me so i often check in with myself of like again which side of me is feeling um Mm -hmm. having tough feelings and which side of me isn't and kind of put those two into dialogue um yeah so so i did that kind of journaling while i was opening the presents and yeah such a great idea and that's mm. and i guess if you find it tricky to think of your if you're finding that might be something that people might want to read yeah, your zine and yeah. kind of build up to but even if people don't have that very individuated selves that within a self yeah. um uh, but even as we talked about before, you know, uh, the person who made dinner for me last night has made my lunch today. Yeah. You know, just thinking about that, that that they are two different people. It's like you know, past me has done something nice for future me. Or if you're imagining that you're um, imagine doing something for someone else in order to help you to do a thing for you. Yeah. You know, is a kind of way of almost like faking it till you make it. Precisely. It? Yeah. Uh, and really, it's so long as you're doing the act of doing. Um, and the, that is directed towards yourself, then sometimes we might need to almost to either trick ourselves or to imagine that we have a different size of ourselves or to have different sides of ourselves that we are actually doing that with, which is what exactly. you're Exactly. But even... It, then yeah. it's just a way of... It's a way of it's a way into yeah, it. Yeah, like you know, even it, if you don't experience yourselves in this way, and and it's also taken me a long time to get to this point. You know, I did a lot of kind of work and play around this for maybe like yeah. four or five years, really, to get to this point yeah. where it makes sense to do that. Um, but you can just, you know, I think for most people, there's a sense of being able to sort of 
access some kind of a kinder voice that can say, oh, easy there, you know, let's, you know, yeah. don't don't be so hard on yourself, you know, let's yeah. let's call it a night, shall we? Feeling a bit rough, you know, yeah. um, that that can be just a, a good way to go. I also really like the well, idea do, of loving past versions of you as well as loving the future version by cooking for you. You can be yeah. like, if you're having a tough feeling, you can kind of sit with that feeling and remember the times you had it in the past and almost try and imagine giving yourself a hug back then or saying kind words to yourself back then. Oh, big That's time. a nice, nice way to do uh, time travel. I did that just the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. really it's really helpful. It's almost like you're healing that past stuff through being kind to yourself in the present. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did that. The, I was looking at some old, I was going through an old hard drive of old, uh, like I was trying to find this old report that I'd written like years and years and years ago. And um, I was thinking of all the, the tough time I was having with the work there and thinking about now and yet being, looking at myself in a different way and thinking, uh, you know, what advice I would have given to myself then if I could give myself, if I could go back and just say, give myself a word and, you know, put my hand on my shoulder and say, this is something that you could be doing or it'll get easier than this, mate, just kind of hold on in there yeah. or, you know, keep doing this or... Um, and then I could imagine a future me doing that for me now yeah. about something else, you know. So we we all kind of, we all are able to, again, we're moving into this is enough content for another podcast territory. But I think another thing that we have, another voice that we have is um, sometimes we have a critical voice, mm. right? So you, so you were talking about how we might have a voice which is like moderating kind voice about suggesting things that we might do that might be loving towards ourselves but we definitely also have a you can't do this yeah. you you know this is um what do you think you're doing like the, the voice of shame yeah. in the book um in the book feel the fear and do it anyway um susan jeffries refers to it as the chatterbox so mm. it's like that kind of inner self-critic and I think I've read in some of your work about how useful it might be to befriend that inner critic. Yeah, and exactly. Give it a name yeah. and think about what kind of what voice it might have. You know, does it sound like you know Kermit or Jordan Peterson or something <laughs> like that, or give it like an annoying kind of voice? Or I think um, it's more of a Miss Piggy than a Kermit. <laughs> right. Hi. So um, yeah, um, and to kind of yeah, and to and so we all have this kind of idea, mm. and so. So this is all a way of loving ourselves. Well, right? yeah, exactly. And loving exactly. ourselves. In, I was so going to say, like, some people, do, I mean, I think for me, most of my life, the inner critic was so loud, actually, that I didn't have any access to the compassionate voice. In fact, when I first yeah. experienced that at definitely older than 40, it was a surprise. I was like, oh, my God, this is what people mean mm. when they mean being kind to yourself or loving yourself. Like, it was such a revelation. So, again, that's another yeah. reminder that this stuff isn't easy and you may not be able to do that. If you can't, can you imagine somebody kind in your life that, that you might imagine mm. what they would say to you? You know, you can do it in yeah. different ways. You can get playful with it where it doesn't have to be that sense of like, oh, gosh, you know, I can't even find it in myself to be kind. It's like, mm. what would it be like to imagine a fictional character that you like, you know, that you look up to yeah. or something like that? Um, these are yeah. these are good ways in. For, personally, again, I yeah, I found fictional characters quite a good way into discovering some of my sides. It's like, who do I relate to fictionally and can I imagine being kind? to them oh now mm. I can't now I'm gradually re recognizing that as a part of me and able to internalize it but initially not so much 
and um, yeah. the same with the inner critic I've got to write more on that because I've really been able to finally befriend that side of me which was again like I, I never even understood what that meant when people said befriend the inner critic or embrace the inner critic I was just like why would you want to do no. that but um, I think yeah again giving them a name finding out who they are finding what motivates them has been really helpful yeah. in terms of making them more of an ally than an enemy yeah big time so plural souls is definitely something that we can all relate to. We'll, we'll do another podcast about it, mm. but th- but this is a way in to, to loving ourselves yeah. and loving all of ourselves. Uh, but this thing about compassion as well, like love is a very big word and we might never get to a point, and like we said in our last podcast, that, that our first one on this, that, you know, is there even a, for, for people who can say, yes, I love myself and find that a very valuable thing and that's great, but that's going to be very difficult for lots of people mm-hmm. to do. And it's going to be even, it's going to be it, it, because of the internal critic that, um, that uh, the often very intersectional internal critic that, because uh, the internal critic comes from outside and it comes from, you know, it's uh, mediated through the various oppressions that society gives different people. Uh-huh. Um, but um, how can we be? How can we bring in compassion, even if we can't bring in love? And how can we be kind about the stories that we're telling ourselves, even if we are constantly, if our alone time or our alone thoughts are a constant barrage of beating ourselves yeah. up? How can we just get to a point where we can shift them to a place using kindness and compassion, where they are not even necessarily loving, but just not, not. Harm, even like a I gap guess, in it from, yeah from yeah place. again yeah. you know the buddhist writer i like perma children says it's just even about initially just putting a gap in so your mind's going mm. you're terrible you're terrible you're terrible you're terrible you're terrible you're terrible you yeah. you know as like you've you yeah. start to open up at least a small gap in that and i suppose that's what we're talking yeah. about by self-love is do, doing self-love rather than feeling it you know again it's not about like yeah. trying to judge am i feeling self-love yet no oh you're terrible you're terrible you're terrible you know it's much more yeah. about like doing some self-love you know clearly you've done it yeah. the evidence is there you know you did yeah. a kind thing and initially maybe those things are not going to be so much about you know yeah like sitting with those scary thoughts in your head they might be more about just doing mm. kind things to your body or things that um take you to a different headspace for a while um music yeah. dancing those kind of things can be really good for this i think for a lot of people yeah. um yeah. moving the body yeah and and i guess that brings yeah. us to solo sex because we did say that we were going to include mm-hmm. self self-loving in that way yeah yeah um, What's, what did so... you say self-love was called by the greeks Falausha. So this would. So Falausha. can you fall out, fall out to yourself? Would you? Oh, no, no. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I love you so much, but that was. It was awful. really bad, wasn't that it? Was, <laughs> I've been I've been thinking about it since the beginning of the podcast when you said that word as well. Have yeah. you? I, Mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, I mean, if you can do that, then it's not—it's not something everyone's to able your, to do. It does take some dexterity. No, more power to your elbow. <laughs> yeah, um, it's in the film Short Bus, That's, isn't it? In the yeah, opening. What I was, yeah, yeah. yeah. there is somebody <laughs> okay. who can do it. Yes, that is what I was thinking of exactly. Anyways, uh, don't make us do a watch along to Short Bus. Oh, I want to watch it again. Uh, no, can we not? That. We're not doing that. <laughs> not Why, doing not? that. <laughs> Why not? Why <laughs> not? why not why not why not why not why not i want to uh it'll be like basically like people like us are kind of in the film yeah. i think although i've not watched it for years and years and years so it's probably deeply problematic um and um 
it'll be way too close to home it's for true. us. It's true. And it's also, yeah, it is sad, isn't it, when it's like Megan and Justin ruin yet another movie for, before you that you thought you liked until you realised it was actually <laughs> pretty terrible on all fronts. But we will do more. <laughs> yeah, of we will, we will um, ruin more films for you, but probably not short bus is what, what I'm hearing here. Yeah. But back to wanking. Yes. Um, so. This thing that I think we talked about last week, but the stigma around solo sex compared to the status of partner sex is another way of preventing us from experiencing joy mm-hmm. um, that society does because we're not meant to feel joy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and often for many people, solo sex is um, might be the only way that they can experience uh, sexual or sensual feelings that are comfortable or enjoyable or pleasurable or stimulating or nice or whatever mm. so it's an important thing to be able to think about our relationship with our sexual selves yeah. um, and that there might be a I guess like a, a sexual love going on um, that is um, a really useful thing to be able to um, to think about and to maybe um, oh, what's the word like to like nourish c- cultivate nurture nourish and yeah cultivate. Exactly. All of that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Instead of it being yeah. like just oh you know I'm turned on I'll have a it's an it, almost it's annoying I'll have a wank or even feeling yeah. shame around it and feeling like it's not okay to do that it's like what about again making deliberate space for this being intentional about yeah. it thinking about maybe doing something a little longer and more involved rather than just you know a very quick kind of getting the getting an orgasm or you know release releasing we- pressure. Mm-hmm. And we definitely have done a podcast about yeah. this, so please do go back, dear gentle earpower. And we've got a blog about it as well at our website, yeah. megjohnandjustin.com. But it's just, but if we think about this as an act of self-love mm-hmm. um, for us, if that's something that we feel that we might like, and we're not making ourselves do it, and we're not doing something we feel like we should, rather than doing what tuning into what we might actually want to do, um, then that can definitely be something that counts yeah. and crucially it's mostly free yes uh, you know unless you run out of lube or using electricity for a, an implement mm-hmm. um it's so, pretty low you know, pretty low cost activity and it yeah, can really give another, and it can really yeah. give you know those good feelings as well and you know it can yeah. involve touch which can be it was one of those love languages we talked about so you know mm-hmm. and again it doesn't have to be all of you know it doesn't have to be solo sex it could be you know just sort of sensual pleasure it could just it could be Mm -hmm. fantasizing riding erotica watching porn all of this you know just making making time yeah pay for your porn do pay for your porn yeah um and your erotica i guess yeah yeah Yeah, big time yeah and you can get lube for free on the nhs yeah if you go to a sexual health clinic they'll give you some lube Good call. so yeah that might be a good one to to (laughs) put in there as one of your love languages um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is that it? are we are we ending on wanking yeah is that what and we're i think we're i suppose a climactic, <laughs> climactic moment cliche um i think i would just suggest you know i mean we are going to do a zine at some point on self-care which might have some of this stuff in justin i think um mm. but in the meantime you know maybe it's for people to sort of go away and have a bit of a play and like maybe write down some of the stuff they might want to try and how they might want to do it mm. you know try something for a week try something for a month see what works you know again it's not about giving yourself mm. a hard time if it doesn't it's just about playing with it and you know making it hopefully kind of a fun thing to be constantly con- considering and yeah. enc- encouraging others and to hopefully. support you and supporting them as well yeah yeah and hopefully some of the ideas that we've been talking about might just help you there to give you a way in i mean we've thrown a lot of different stuff at you mm-hmm. but it's about just 
yeah, finding ways in and being compassionate with yourself if you're noticing that you're not doing yeah. it, you know, and it's just uh, coming back to it when you can and just slowly cultivating this side of your, this relationship, which um, is often uh, not nurtured and we are encouraged not to. Well, exactly. Nurture. I think, um, I guess, you know, another thing to just throw in at the last minute would be that I guess there's the solo poly community or the solo polyamory community mm-hmm. where, and, and a bit relationship anarchy, where that where they also talk about making yourself a primary partner. And maybe that is a mm. useful kind of idea to be playing with here as well is like, do, do you love yourself in terms of a doing word um, as much as you love other people or a lot less or a lot more? Um, you know, might it be possible to balance it a bit more in the direction of of doing love for yourself as much as you do for other people in your life? You know, that might be yeah. a good a good way of thinking about it. Again, Bell Hooks talks a lot about valuing yourself and others equally, not one a lot more than the other. So thinking mm. about balance might be a good way, again, to do that in a very deliberate, practical kind of way. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. That's my end. Well, we promised yeah. ourselves we'd do like a 25-minute one this time. but 43 um, minutes later. You know, <laughs> it's fine. There's, it's all good stuff in here, I hope, dear yeah. listener. Um, yeah. And um, you can always switch off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go out. What's it like? Why don't you? Go out and do some self-loving rather than listening to self-loving. Maybe listening <laughs> to our podcasts idea. on self-loving have been a, a practice of self-love for some of our ear pals. Yeah. yeah. Big time, we hope so. Yeah. And let us know if it has. Uh, via Twitter, at MegJohnJustin. Uh, via our website, uh, MegJohnAndJustin.com. Send us an email via there. Mm-hmm. And if you want to um, hear more of this gold, you can go to our Patreon, yeah. um, which is Patreon slash MegJohnAndJustin. That's right, uh, patreon.com. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you can, on there, you can uh, chip us a little bit of money to listen to even more awesome things like us talking about four weddings and funeral yes as much money as you want yes. to that's how the, when and if you want to thing. how when and if you want to um you'll see when you get to our how we've done the tiers we're doing it on ability to pay not on what it is that um uh, not uh, what you're willing to pay for yeah um so because uh, we're lefty like that so um that's it. Let's stop talking. <laughs> stop talking and say goodbye to our gentle and no, you stop talking. Ear no, you stop talking first. <laughs> no, no, you, you stop, stop talking. talking. No, you stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Until pals. next time. Bye. Bye.